This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we discuss on tap AI use cases with our AI and data science experts at NetApp. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipor. Zipor. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I have some special guests to talk to us all about ONTAP and AI and ONTAP AI. Uh, so to join us, we brought along Ray White. So Ray, what do you do here at NetApp and how do we reach you? Justin, honor and pleasure to be here. I'm the America's leader for artificial intelligence at NetApp. I've been at NetApp for 16 years and I help customers all around the world accomplish artificial intelligence goals, plans, and initiatives using ONTAP AI integrated infrastructures. 16 years. That's quite a tenure there. Love NetApp. Yeah, man. It's awesome. So uh, if we wanted to reach you, how do we do that? Yeah, just work with your NetApp account team or your uh, local channel partner. I run all the Americas. And so the largest customers and partners, I'm working with them every day. All right. Excellent. Also with us here today, David Arnett. Uh, so, David, what do you do here at NetApp, and how do we reach you? Yeah, I, thanks, uh, Justin. Uh, I'm a uh, senior TME on the ONTAP Solutions team, so I work with uh, NVIDIA to actually build and validate the ONTAP AI architectures, as well as a lot of the other uh, NetApp solutions focused on AI. Um, you can reach me at arnett.netapp.com, A-R-N-E-T-T-E at netapp.com. All right. And last but not least, Rick Huang is here. Rick, what do you do at NetApp and how do we reach you? Yeah, I'm a data scientist and technical marketing engineer at NetApp. I help develop AI solutions in different industry verticals. Happy to be here, Justin. You can reach me at rick.huang at netapp.com. All right. As you can guess, we are going to talk about ONTAP AI um, so recently I, I did a podcast on medical AI and in, in the Reddit thread that I post those podcasts to, somebody asked like, you know, wh- why exactly do we care about ONTAP or AI? So we're going to answer that here today. But first I want to, I want to ask David, um, we have this thing called ONTAP AI. What exactly is that? What, you know, why would we have something like that? Well, ONTAP AI is a reference architecture for deploying um, both the both the compute infrastructure and the storage infrastructure necessary to run machine learning and deep learning workloads, right? There's a lot of customers who are starting to take on these technologies because they can add a ton of business value. And uh, as they bring these things to the IT department, the IT department often struggles to know kind of how to build it or what to build and, and so on. And so the reference architecture provides really clear guidance on kind of how to build it, how to scale it, what the expectations on performance are, and then provide some, uh, some uh, you know, guidance for the business on how to leverage that and how to, how to take that up to the next level and actually start getting some use out of it. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you think about it, if you're familiar with the FlexPod concept, which this is not a FlexPod because it's not officially referenced architecture qualified by Cisco and all that, but it is part in partnership with NVIDIA, right? So we have this NVIDIA, you know, architecture that you can kind of get a good idea of what you need for your environment. So if you know you need a certain number of IOPS or throughput, you can look at this reference architecture and say, oh, okay, this is going to give me this much throughput. I need six of these to get what I need out of this workload. Does that sound about right? 
Yeah, that's correct. And it and it is exactly like a flex pod in concept, right? This is what we call a NetApp validated architecture. It's it's kind of the highest level of uh, certification and value, uh, validation that we at NetApp do. And of course, we've done this in partnership with NVIDIA to, to make sure we have their blessing and, and ensure that we're delivering the highest quality product. And, and as you said, exactly, the idea is that this is a reference architecture. Customers can look at this and say, well, I only need half that much power, but they still kind of want to build it exactly the same way. Or if they say my workload is growing faster than I would know what to do, I just want to add these building blocks and just keep stamping them out as my workload grows. Yeah, and the whole concept of this, it's not an ONTAP version that you're running that's special, right? It's it's ONTAP as it is. Like if you wanted to get ONTAP today and put it on your AFF systems or your FAS systems, you could run an AI workload on that because we're not doing anything special with ONTAP. What we're doing is we're we're testing it, we're setting it up in the best practices and the and the ways that would work the best for the for the AI piece for the ONTAP AI, right? Yeah, that's correct. The, uh, this actually runs on NFS, right? We NetApp has been the NFS company for a long, long time, and the solution is based on NFS. With that, that has a lot of value in the sense that most customers are very familiar with NFS. They're they're familiar with how that works in the data center and the networking requirements around it. Um, we do run on tap AI at 100 gigabits or better, right? So the very high speed networking, but it's still just standard NFS and Ethernet and things like that. So it's very easy for enterprise customers to bring this into their data center and merge this into kind of their existing uh, existing technology stacks without a lot of additional learning curve. Um, and it is, as you said, the exact same on tap, right? Customers that already have these things. There's no reason not to start running AI workloads on the on those systems right now. So as far as ONTAP goes, and going back to what I mentioned with the Reddit thread, why is ONTAP good for AI? Like, where does it fit there? Like, why does it have unique value for an AI workload? Well, let me start in real quick, and then I'll hand it to my buddy Ray here. I'm going to say that, you know, really quickly, ONTAP offers... Uh, tremendous performance for the value and then tremendous integration across a variety of uh, operational, uh, you know, implementations such as cloud or or at the edge. ONTAP can really serve a lot of needs um, and provide a pretty homogeneous operational experience. I'm going to hand it off to Ray to talk about kind of the business value you can extract from that. Yeah, so Justin, I get this question all the time with our customers, and I tell them very easily, there are solutions that technically support artificial intelligence infrastructures, and then there's NetApp with NVIDIA. And those are solutions that are designed specifically for artificial intelligence use cases. So when you start with the lens that, hey, I'm doing computer vision, and I need object detection and image classification, and oh, by the way, I'm going to have this much bandwidth needs, and I'm also going to need advanced video analytics. And in parallel with that, I'm doing natural language processing and creating metadata events from everything from voice to text to speech to documents. We actually build our solutions and all the design guys that Dave and his team works on based upon the ultimate end state, that end use case. And so when you start with business first and say, this is what business needs for infrastructure implications with artificial intelligence, may I please introduce you to ONTAP AI? And that's the difference between being supported, like technically follow the manufacturer's best practices design guide for server vendor A, B, or Z. With ONTAP AI, it was built for artificial intelligence, designed for speed, designed for an NFS masterpiece at scale that can scale to 300 gigabits a second. 
And 90% of the infrastructures we're running into are NFS based. And we wrote the book in that space, as you know. So this plays to our strength and it allows us to design solutions again from the ground up for artificial intelligence. So you listed out a lot of workloads there. And just from my base knowledge of some of those workloads, they have very different profiles in some cases. So with ONTAP AI, it's a reference architecture. Does that reference architecture have specific setups for different types of workloads, whether it's high metadata or high throughput? Or does it kind of a one size fits all where you don't have to do anything extra? It just kind of does it all for you. Well, that's the beauty, Justin. Many times customers don't know. They tell us, hey, we want to become a fully digital business. We've identified a couple of these use cases, but we haven't really tested them. What do we do? Good news, we've tested them all for you. And in addition to testing all of them for you specifically, sometimes it's a balance of price versus performance. So maybe you don't need the all flash A800. Maybe you want an A400. And that's going to be the best balance for where you're getting started out. So as you identify new use cases and it starts to grow over time as you build what we call an AI center of excellence or an AI platform, you start to figure out, wow, I need to actually use some larger infrastructure. We've tested throughput. We've tested latency. We've tested, as I mentioned, with computer vision, images per second, metadata documents. Oh, I'm scanning 15 million documents and I need to create this many pages per hour. Whatever the unique key performance indicator is, Dave and his team have tested that. And that's what you're going to find in most of our use case design guides, as well as our TR documents. And so it's a little bit of both to answer your question, but it gets very specific depending on what the customer is actually trying to do. Right. So, you know, I know you guys have a, a role and a, and a goal to distill these types of things down to a solution, right? You're trying to make this as simple as possible. And that's the goal of ONTAP AI. What I want to do is kind of tease out the pieces of ONTAP that are unique that other competitors might not be able to replicate, right? So, so the feature sets that we have that we can apply to AI technologies and AI workloads that make it more beneficial to use an ONTAP for those AI workloads? From a technical perspective, right, um, ONTAP is based on a file system that offers uh, a tremendous amount of features. The Waffle file system provides um, a lot of flexibility around data layout, and by using the, the Flex Group feature, we're able to scale workloads up to a, a massive size and a massive uh, performance capability. And then uh, I was going to say at a root level, our, our snapshot and clone technology, um, a lot of people can do snapshots and clones, but they're not as efficient and effective as, uh, as the NetApp technology is. And then when you combine that with, as Ray mentioned, the, the data ops toolkit um, is a bit of software that we've developed to help put those features and functionality directly into the hands of the data scientists, right? So snapshots are executed from directly within the, the data science code that they're writing so that they can checkpoint work and make sure they have a, have a repeatable uh, process to work from and also provide things like traceability, right? By leveraging the, the snapshot and cloning capability of ONTAP, you can provide an instantaneous and very space efficient tracking mechanism for all of the uh, the both the the actual development artifacts, right? The actual code that's being developed, as well as the data associated with that code, right? Because that's just as important as the code itself when it comes to model outcomes and things like that. Hey, that's awesome. So, Justin, imagine you're a data scientist, for example, and you're using linear algebra or multivariable calculus to solve business problems. That's what they're doing all day long. 
They write code, mostly Python. Of course, there's other Ruby, et cetera. And they're sitting in a Jupyter notebook space. They could care less about data management and storage. Matter of fact, they don't even want to be involved with it. But then they run into all these challenges. They say, hey, I need a collaboration workspace. I need to do versionings of my experiments. Do as many experiments on a particular model as I possibly can. And oh, by the way, model accuracy is dependent on how much data I actually have. So the more data, the more accurate my model is that I'm training over time before I even roll it into production. So we have all these great differentiators that make NetApp NetApp. And if we can extend those features from NetApp all the way up to the data science level inside of things like Apache Airflow or Google Kubeflow, which are essentially machine learning toolkits for Kubernetes, that's an amazing experience that I know our competitors can't even scratch the surface with today. So I don't have to imagine I'm a data scientist because I brought a data scientist with us. <laughs> oh, that's right, Rick. So Rick. <laughs> Is Ray blowing smoke up our butts? (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Ray, for mentioning the tools and frameworks and platforms that data scientists love to work on. You mentioned Qflow and Apache Airflow. Our data ops toolkit actually integrates with these tools so that from a ML ops, AI ops perspective, the users, whether it's a data scientist wanting to work on a Jupyter Lab workspace or a data engineer wanting to use command line interface to, you know, drill down and do some data engineering, uh, we have this rapid prototyping, traceability, and compliance with efficiency and best of the untapped data management capabilities. So does something like this fit into another product line at NetApp, which is the, the, the Astra uh, control plane stuff? So can we, can we leverage Astra control plane with ONTAP AI, or is that something that doesn't fit in? Oh, absolutely. We can leverage Astra. We have, uh, you know, the, the ONTAP AI basically represents the physical infrastructure, and it is certainly a, uh, a very powerful phys- physical infrastructure for running any software stack we want. We do have uh, testing going on right now with Astra and the Data Ops Toolkit so that when, as more and more features roll down and more and more customers start adopting Astra, we've already got the integration uh, built in and ready to go. Both Kubernetes native, so Astra Control Center can work with our Data Ops Toolkit. And as they've said, it's in our test. I would just say that there are a lot of organizations, Justin, starting out with what we call ML operations. You heard Rick say AI ops, ML ops. Not everybody's there yet. Some customers will say, hey, we're fully deployed with, for example, like a Domino Data Labs. You know, we have a full-blown orchestrated ML operations. The data ops toolkit being a no-cost, homegrown collection of open source tools that we've created workflows and have really tested it end-to-end and giving you all these great NetApp features extended back up to data engineering and data science experiences. Again, those are built in. That's something that you get as a differentiator, you know, utilizing. And it's a great way, in my opinion, to get started with ML operations. Again, maybe you're not, you're not there yet, but if you're, you're thinking like, where do we get started? What do we do next? Well, if you can leverage your NetApp infrastructure investments and add that to a GPU computation environment and put this amazing layer of software on top of it, It'll really accelerate your overall processes, or perhaps you're already there and you'd like to do them more efficiently, more better, and add security, protection, provisioning, governance, all the things that we mentioned. It's a great way to get started and to help accelerate your process. So that's why I really like it. 
Yeah, as a data scientist, I can say that it's really easy to use our data ops toolkit with Jupyter uh, Lab workspace. And you can provision, you can clone, you can do any every of these uh, operations very easily. And for data scientists, they don't have to worry about underlying storage and they don't have to contact IT or storage admins when they want to, you know, for example, pull data from different sites and regions, different clusters. So Rick, that's a key point too. Justin, we've seen a trend where data science teams are moving underneath IT and infrastructure at our customer level. I would probably put a ballpark estimate about half of who we speak with today has now data science responsibilities, either as liaisons or directly responsible underneath the CIO and his organization. That's a new trend. And so, Rick, I spoke with a, a customer recently, a major oil company, and the data science team told me it takes six weeks to get access to the data sets in the environment. So imagine that all this time, how do I you know, open up tickets and, and all this stuff? Imagine we could eliminate that entire process, giving you instantaneous access to the rich data sets you need for your models. Just one example of a major pain point from a large customer who had a lot of NetApp infrastructure, and we shared with him the data ops toolkit, and it just changed the way they go to market and changed how they do their business. It was amazing. So David, in your testing with ONTAP AI, are you also leveraging things like FlexCache when you're trying to deal with these read-heavy workloads such as the training model pieces? Well, there's a couple of different ways we can address that. The uh, Typically, a, uh, a flex group uh, that we can offer is adequate for the kind of performance we need to deliver. Uh, occasionally, we run into a workload that has a, a single file as the data source. Um, that's it. like uh, Ray said, you know, and, and we've talked about these workloads come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. And occasionally that boils down to a single, you know, 500 gig or one terabyte file full of data that's going to get streamed in. Um, and in those cases, things like a flex cache can uh, allow us to distribute the workload pretty effectively and then, uh, you know, instantaneously move on to something else without without having to reconfigure anything from a storage perspective. Yeah, I would imagine it would also help if you're trying to localize that data, right? So if you've got data scientists that operate across the globe and you want to have a localized copy of that data on that data set, a flex cache there could help for those particular use cases. Yeah, that's actually, a, that is a great use case. And then the other use case that we've heard about for, uh, for flex cache is distributing a trained model once you're done, right? Like in a lot of cases, um, as you said, the, the data is coming from locations around the world, whether that's cameras or, or cash registers or whatever those may be. And the models that are being trained are pretty specific to the, to the location they came from. Um, and it's very easy just to kind of create a, a, an origin back in the data center and drop, the, drop the, all the models back in there. And then each region can grab whichever is appropriate for them. Yeah, following Dave's point, we're seeing in healthcare, people are using federated learning because they have HIPAA compliance and other regulations. And the benefit of federated learning is you just share the model parameters, right? You don't share the actual, for example, uh, patient CT images or x-rays or MRIs. And then it's demonstrated that uh, using federated learning, you can have a generalized model, uh, which performs very well, which can improve 36% of the accuracy across, let's say, 10 uh, different sites 
like cancer centers, regional hospitals, or clinics. And the other thing is you want to be able to use this model to tailor to your specific region and demographics. Yeah, I, I can think of another use case where you know universities or research labs share their data sets with other universities or research labs, right? So maybe you can go cross-pollinate and use FlexCache to localize that without having to give the entire data sets to these other organizations. Correct, and that will really help in terms of the time and, uh, as I said, the accuracy and generalizability. There's actually a trend, Justin, in that use case you express uh, called homomorphic encryption, where you're able to obviously protect the integrity of the data and still leverage data science techniques and distribute it across multiple environments. So that's actually becoming uh, pretty popular nowadays as well. Big performance tax, obviously, but you get what you pay for. Yeah, absolutely. So, Justin, I've got one more good use case for FlexCache, and that's the the ability of ONTAP to basically store data in spinning disk in cheaper hard drives and then use a FlexCache to accelerate that to an all-flash system, right? We've spoken to a number of customers who basically they want flash for the training, but they either don't have the budget or don't want to commit that much budget for flash uh, data storage for that much data, but are more than happy to store all that data on their existing or or new hard drive-based systems. And then it's super easy to tie a big giant volume on the back end on the hard drive into a flex cache on any nodes that are attached to GPUs. The data scientists pull whatever data is relevant to them and it, and it runs like it's a flash system and provides a very cost-effective way to, uh, to accelerate a very deep and cheap pool of otherwise storage. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ray, you, you have an insight session this year. Um, what are you covering and what sort of things are you going to talk about? So, Justin, we talked a lot about what is it and why you should care today. And I feel the session I'm covering is really going to address the how. So a lot of our customers say, we have investments, maybe GPUs and servers, or we have a NetApp infrastructure investment, or we're dabbling in versions of software like we talked about. But what if you could get a ready-to-go integrated infrastructure that comes everything that you need from N to A to Z? And essentially, we've created a solution that's unique to NetApp and NVIDIA called ONTAP AI Integrated Infrastructure. And this is a design that comes a single SKU that represents somewhere between 75 and 150 part numbers, everything that you need from storage, networking, servers, as well as support. And matter of fact, support is actually done all through NVIDIA. So you pick up one phone number, one back to Pat, you call NVIDIA. Uh, Imagine you've called a server vendor of your choice. They probably have a decent data science expertise, sure. But imagine calling NVIDIA for PhD data science technical support on a model or an algorithm. That's amazing. And that same person can transfer you to someone to troubleshoot a Mellanox networking issue or even a NetApp data storage and data management issue. So this single uh, SKU, single solution comes in one of four options. We, we kind of call them t-shirt sizes if you allowed. The old code name was Project Triad. It was a really cool nickname. And essentially, you pick either a single DGX, two, four, or eight DGX servers. And these are NVIDIA super servers with eight NVIDIA A100 GPU cores, 56,000 GPU cores per server. These are really beefy data center GPU computation solutions. And so... Project Triad Small, Medium, and Large was a HA multi-path high availability solution with no single point of failure. 
Now you can get a single node DGX, which was what we call triad extra small, but that would be for a non-mission critical, non-revenue generating solution. So in the session, we're going to cover all this. We're going to talk about infrastructure implications at scale that people haven't thought about, or perhaps you've gone to the cloud, you've experimented, you've failed fast, you've done all that great stuff, but now you're ready to bring it back in-house to maintain an element of control, security, and intelligence. There's actually a TCO calculator that we've leveraged that shows doing artificial intelligence in production grade at scale could be seven to 10 times more expensive than doing it on-premises. So the ONTAP AI integrated solution not only is going to help you reduce your costs long-term, and again, you may say, hey, I, I don't want to have a data center anymore. No worries. We have a solution. We can put you in Equinix at the metro edge of the core of the known internet and call it near cloud, if you allow where you can still allow all the microservices and all the burst API capabilities of the hyperscalers to be near cloud connecting through Equinix, but yet you maintain your own infrastructure. And so again, this is a exclusive through our distributor uh, at Arrow. So if you're a channel partner listening today, it's an Arrow only exclusive. If you're a customer listening today, again, it's one PO, one part number that represents an entire integrated infrastructure stack of everything from networking, data science, GPU computation, and data storage. And that, again, is called ONTAP AI Integrated Infrastructure. In the session, we'll cover use cases and where and why you would use something like that. But Justin, I couldn't be more excited about this unique NetApp NVIDIA exclusive. All right. So um, earlier, we kind of touched on the different types of workloads that you could throw at this thing. So Rick, David, can you give us kind of a little more insight into how those workloads look? What those profiles look like, for instance, you know, how, how does a training model differ from uh, you know, a pure ingest? Well, I can start out, you know, kind of from a pure technical level. The, the workloads tend to be uh, large sequential reads um, for training purposes. The, well, I, let me back up. I should say for training, the workloads are large sequential reads. Um, it, it, as you said, ingest is another, another challenge we have to accommodate. Those are generally large sequential writes. Um, a lot of times now we are seeing uh, data randomization uh, done at the software layer, meaning the uh, meaning the the software pipeline has an understanding of how much data is out there and can randomly choose from those files. So that's starting to generate more of a random read workload. Um, but in general, the the training processes are sequential read, um, and they can they can vary widely depending on the the computational complexity of the model being trained. In some cases, the, the model is very complex and the GPU has to chew on every bit of data it, it pulls in for longer and therefore the, the storage bandwidth requirements are low. In other cases, um, models are very simple and they, they process very quickly and so they place a much higher, higher storage load. Uh, the other thing I'll add is so some of these factors depend on uh, even things like the training framework or or things, right? Uh, TensorFlow produces kind of a different I/O profile than MXNet and so on. So uh, the the ability of the system to deliver performance across a wide variety of profiles without having to do kind of specific configuration for each uh, is one of the one of the benefits of the system in general. Rick, did you want to add something? Yeah, for my breakout session. Leading AI use cases across industries, I'll cover AI solutions, providing a quick overview of the solutions we've published in healthcare, uh, recommender systems, automotive, manufacturing, 
retail and financial services. I'm happy to provide more details uh, if you want to know more. All right, excellent. We'll include that in the blog as well. So, um, Ray, you, you mentioned that you're going to be teasing out some use cases in your session. Can you kind of give us a sneak preview of what some of those use cases look like here? Yes, the session also, I found it officially. It's BRK1219-1, BRK1219-1, shameless plug. Thank you. And we are going to be covering uh, the core use cases that we run into every day. So with computer vision being the most prevalent, just think at the most simplistic format. Anything that uses a camera can be used for artificial intelligence. These are infrastructure investments that are already in place. Perhaps you know, you're using advanced video analytics for safety and security reasons, um, hospitals with cameras, uh, drones using camera footage to identify you know, where they need to maintain the plant or not, um, you know, manufacturing facilities that are looking for product defect detection in cans. Is there too much water in the beer can? Is there dents in the can? We wanna make sure our beer is protected as you know, things like that. And this is essentially what we call object detection and image classification. It's probably the most prevalent deployed uh, use case we see through computer vision. Again, you can tap into current camera feeds. And so we are building uh, software design guides specifically built for that. We'll be covering that in the session because again, cameras is the number one thing that we run into. The next uh, most popular we run into is speech to text and, and text to speech and language conversion. There is a uh, technology that has really evolved. It used to be natural language processing or natural language understanding. And now we're actually seeing that evolve into a technology called transformers. And the reason that we're calling it transformers now, even though it sounds like a really cool you know, show from the 80s, essentially it is um, non-natural languages. Think about chemistry. Think about a computer uh, a software writing software when it's related to, again, Python or Ruby. So computer code is not a non-natural language. So of course there's, you know, maybe you're a law firm and you've got all these documents that you need to redline. How can I use natural language processing to create these metadata events and do the redlining and the indexing for me at scale, for example, or do conversion of speech or language conversion in real time? There's so many uh, amazing use cases for transformers and AKA conversational AI AKA NLP, NLU, so many different terms. We're really going to hit those three hard again, Justin. So camera feeds, text-to-speech, speech-to-text. There are so many other things, uh, chatbots, recommendation engines. Rick has already covered a couple of those uh, imaging detection, you know, specific to medical and healthcare. Um, but we're going to really hit the big three. Yeah, for me, uh, I'll be covering computer vision in healthcare and also autonomous vehicle driving lane detection. For healthcare, we have two solutions. The first one is COVID-19 lung CT segmentation. And the other one is mask detection for compliance. And for both ones, we'll be using deep learning models and also transfer learning to fine tune state-of-the-art model to better match your different demographics and regions. And we also, we demonstrated we, you can achieve a uh, 3% die score increase for already state-of-the-art model. And for uh, transformers that uh, Ray just mentioned, we use BERT in our financial services solution. We do sentiment analysis for call centers. So you get from speech to ASR, 
and then you actually analyze the sentiment from the text, right? So it's crucial for a modern AI augmented support center because you can analyze in real time to provide analytics of the employee as well as the customer. So for the customer side, you can provide a better customer support experience via audio chat, chatbot, and also video conferencing, right? And it's it will be very good to provide this real-time analytics such that you can escalate, right? Say a customer is angry, how do you escalate up the chain? Uh, for example, if you want to pass on to the other customer support agent. And the other thing is if you get this long-term uh, sentiment analysis, you can provide a real objective employee performance metric, right? <laughs> For recommender systems, we have a uh, demo and also solution architecture for media and entertainment. It's a movie recommendation system. Uh, we use different technologies from NetApp and also NVIDIA. And the underlying model is a deep learning recommender models, but you can also plug into your model of choice and you can deploy it on different inference servers to achieve a large scale recommendation. And we tested it in a GPU accelerated cluster versus a CPU environment. And uh, shameless plug, my section number is 1384. <laughs> you will see great demos for our AI solutions. Yeah, there's no shameless plugs here. I mean, that's that's why you're here. <laughs> you guys can plug all plug away, man. Tell us all about the good information you have out there. All right. Um, anything else we want to cover before we wrap it up? Yeah. So in my session, I actually cover different deployment environments too. You can do it on premises, in public cloud, or a hybrid environment, right? And I'll show that how. Our cloud solution uh, in CTR prediction for retail, it also applies to e-commerce and service providers like telecoms and ISPs. And this model and data distribution is validated to have hundreds time of uh, training savings versus conventional machine learning approach. Yeah, I think that there's also a big part to touch on is that NVIDIA is creating amazing open source frameworks like Nemo, Jarvis, Merlin, Clara, Omniverse, and the NetApp solutions are being designed to support them specifically. So they're not just customer use cases, which are the most important, but NVIDIA is leading in this space, creating these pre-packaged, pre-trained models. I mean, Dave was touching on it earlier, but to collect, clean, correlate, and then train and then model. There's such a supply chain of a data pipeline where there's so many difficulties on the front end before you even get into all that great stuff, like I mentioned, training and modeling. And when you get down to that final stage, when it's time for model, when you can go to ngc.nvidia.com and pull down a pre ready to go pre-trained model for some of those frameworks, as I mentioned, and then find an on-tap AI solution that was designed and built for it, 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 it helps accomplish what Rick was talking about in terms of executing it inside of your business. So I really like that, Justin. That's a lot of times that I help customers like, hey, I understand you've made some GPU computation investments. 
you're looking at these particular use cases, um, have you considered using these uh, prepackaged frameworks from NVIDIA? And here's an ONTAP AI integrated solution that can help you accelerate that process. So I think that would be uh, something very important to mention because I know a lot of customers are looking at that stuff today. Yes, right. Thank you for mentioning this because in my AI solutions, I demonstrated we used NVIDIA Riva, Tau, Rapids AI, Desk, Clara, and Merlin. There you go, from the data scientist's mouth. We hear the same thing every day, Justin. <laughs> good. It's good to know that we're being accurate. I think one big takeaway would be NetApp also works with some of the best AI consultants in the world. Don't think about the largest names that may be coming to mind who are portfolio consultant companies. They're great as well. They cover everything from staff augmentation to network security to artificial intelligence. But we specifically work with the top four in the world uh, that are NVIDIA professional services endorsed and branded. Companies like SFL Scientific, Data Monsters, Quantify, Quest Global uh, come to mind. And NetApp and NVIDIA have created, through NVIDIA Professional Services, what we call an AI discovery workshop. This both would cover how do we solve a bunch of problems that we have on the table today, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, is there dents in my beer cans? Is there enough water in the cat food? Things like that. But also it covers a lot of the art of the possible, understanding use cases that you have not considered yet. So you could say that this is much of a discovery session that would typically take place all in a day, or maybe over a couple two-hour sessions over two or three weeks, however you'd like to do that. It's all virtual. But NetApp is willing to offer that to any of our infrastructure customers today at no cost uh, over the next couple of months. So if you'd like to work with us to receive some no-cost AI consulting brought to you by NVIDIA Professional Services, powered by the largest AI consultants in the world, and we can show you how you can use and accomplish all the goals that we talked about today, Reach out to your NetApp account team today. I think that would be my my key call to action, Justin. David, got anywhere else you want to send them? Well, I'm going to plug my uh, insight session. If you're interested in the uh, the next generation of data transfer using RDMA for GPU direct storage, um, you can hit my uh, my session at Insight as BRK one three five nine dash three. I've got a uh, co-presenter from NVIDIA. His name is Kieran, who is uh, on the GDS team. And it's a really interesting deep dive into how data moves between the storage system itself and the and the compute infrastructure that, that things are deployed on. All right. Excellent. Sounds like we've got a lot of good things going on in the AI business use cases uh, with ONTAP AI. So again, if you want to reach our guests here. Uh, so David, again, how would we contact you? You can reach me at rnet at netapp.com. And Rick? It's rick.wong at netapp.com. And Ray, you said that the uh, business partners can can contact you through their account teams, right? Uh, oh, no, I can give you my email is rwhite at netapp.com. I didn't know you guys want to email addresses earlier. rwhite. Your call, netapp. man, because, I mean, you'll get emails. Oh, I don't know if you it. like emails. Some people don't like them. Love it. Bring it. rwhite at netapp.com. All right, so sign uh, Ray up for lots of uh, distribution lists and spam. <laughs> all right, so, uh, Ray, David, Rick, thanks so much for joining us today and talking to us all about ONTAP AI and ONTAP for AI and all things in between. 
All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Ray White, David Arnett, and Rick Long for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.